0: To break it down or to make it simple, what were some of the toughest times that you yeah. experienced? Um,
1: probably early on, the toughest was mental. And I don't know if this is a thing, but we're at altitude, so around like 4,000, 3,000, 4,000 meters. Woke up to this, like heavy breathing outside my tent. <laughs> I, I only had the mesh over top of the um flying on.
2: Yeah. And as I
1: was like, I yelled across to Hugo in his tent and like, uh, he is, I think is a bit I don't know what
0: to do so. maybe they don't want to do the PCT but they want to undertake something that's a massive goal that perhaps they think they can't achieve, what, what would be your advice? be
1: prepared, no um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what would I say, take it step by step
0: look
1: at it, don't look at it as a whole, actually, I know that's very, very cliche but like look at it as how you actually do it
0: Welcome along to episode 27. I'm Cam. I'm the host of the Lifting in Life podcast. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I'm a personal trainer and I also work in IT. Today I'm joined by Oliver Misson or more commonly known as Ollie. Uh, he's my mate from back home in Fakatania, and he completed the Pacific Crest Trail also known as the PCT. The PCT is a trail in the States along the West Coast that extends from the Mexican border all the way up to the Canadian border. He completed the trail back in 2019 and I've never had the chance to sit down and chat to him uh, properly about it. As you can imagine, he learnt a lot along the way and he also had some encounters with bears, snakes and mountain lions. As always, I appreciate you tuning into the podcast and any support you can show goes a long way and it also helps me continue getting these awesome people on. So whether you can like, subscribe, leave a comment, whatever it is, it really helps a lot. Thanks, heaps, and remember, you make you. Um anyway we're we're live Mr Oliver Misson it's a it's a pleasure to have you on man honestly like ever since you bought the PCT back in I think it was 2019 right yeah uh yeah
1: 2019 yeah
0: yeah I stalked your Instagram today I didn't just remember that (laughs) but I've been wanting to chat to you I think it was um I can't remember what the occasion was, but we were at Myrie's in Brooklyn, and Mm. it was someone's birthday, and you and I, like, we got chatting in the kitchen, and you, like, were telling me a little bit about it, like, the story with the mountain lion and shit. (laughs) I was just like, man, like, I need to talk to this guy properly, so I'm very uh, stoked to have you on today, man. Oh,
1: thank you for asking me on Yeah, My memory's a bit blurry about that. Particular evening, but yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that there were many evenings. We don't need to talk about that. But
0: but how? How long did the actual? I'm keen to maybe start with some details for people that like don't know what the PCT is at all. So, I think we'll start off with because how long did it take you? Maybe we'll start there.
1: Well It took me just under five months. So we left on the fifth of May and. Uh, reached so we left the Mexican border at, um, on the fifth of May and reached the Canadian border uh, on the first of October. So in just under five months.
0: And it's what was it four thousand k's? I googled that today, like four thousand yeah. yeah. two hundred. I got it there. Is that. right? on top of
1: that, if you want.
0: Yeah, a... <laughs> <sighs> Damn, bro. And there's obviously a lot to um, unpack throughout this this journey. So where where I want to start? I feel like it's the most obvious one. Why did you undertake such a a massive journey? I understand that before it, you were like doing some um, like tramping, guiding, and stuff down Mm -hmm. south. So you're already kind of in that space a little bit. But what compelled you to undertake such a massive journey?
1: Yeah, I think I had got really comfortable um, outdoors being a guide and kind of doing stuff around the southern alps and, and and exploring that and i i got to a point where i wanted a bit of a challenge i think i felt um yeah i felt a bit bored or and also when you're a guide you work the summers right so then you have the winters off essentially if you're if you going to go back to another season and usually that's the year before i had traveled and i thought well what could i do if i wanted to do another? You know in the six months and i was talking to people who had done it themselves i met a guy who had done it and pretty much i was just like went home and researched it that night i was like i want to do that and it's a bit of a process from there because it's become very popular since uh, movies and books like wild um have come out uh that you know i think five thousand people start it each year and maybe 500 finish it or a thousand finish it it's it's cool. um,
0: yeah so it's only about 10 percent
1: yeah that's and the then you have to get a permit well you're meant to get a permit um, start so then that's a whole process to try and get your um, try and get your slot to start the day mm-hmm. that you um, so you've got to apply online and wait in a queue and all that sort of carry on so yeah, bit of a process there but yeah I guess to answer your question I, I, I saw it as an amazing challenge and I also thought and I remember thinking this at the time it would be a cool thing to be able like, to point at a map and be like oh yeah I walked that chunk of the
0: yeah, oh, cool. and that's a massive chunk oh, cool. as well.
1: And, uh, and so I I thought that would be a good story, if nothing else.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's lots – well, maybe there's two things. The first thing I want to say to that is that most of the time when people are bored, and uh, they're, they're not enjoying their, their current situation. They normally, like, maybe move towns or something. They normally don't <laughs> walk, yeah. like, 4,000 case. But, I mean, I guess that meant you weren't bored for, for five months. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what I was going to ask next was, what made you choose the PCT? Because there's, there's a bunch of trails, right? There's, like, the, what is it, the yeah, regulation yeah. trail, or like, there's ones I, like bunch I, of
1: Europe. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I had heard um I had I had met someone who had done it right. So I had I who I knew what the what the trail um was like. I also I also quite liked the fact it was quite clear and the fact you know, you, you start on the Mexican border and you end on the Canadian border, I thought that kind of achievement it was quite quite a quite um quite catchy and quite quite a cool thing to say yeah. about. But also just the um, scenery, right? Like I had seen videos on YouTube, I had watched them and i had just seen, you know, going through the Sierra Nevada from the deserts to the mountains in Washington. It just was very, it was extremely varied in, in, in its landscape and the other ones tend to be a bit more same-same um, if same, you like um, the yeah, way. Yeah. So I guess I, I like the variety. Was, and I had, um, yeah, and I had just, I guess, researched it and I had always kind of, excited
0: on that one and in 2017 me and Chloe went to the States and we went to Yosemite Valley yeah yeah. so we like did a bit of a we actually did the um Pacific Coast Highway but except right by Big Sur there was a massive slip so we couldn't go and see it and that's arguably like the most scenic part of it yeah so we like did that oh, and then we went to yosemite valley and then i saw you were doing that a couple years later and i just like we got a tiny slice of what the scenery was like okay eh? so when i saw that you were doing that man i was super keen to see what all the all the scenery looked like there
1: it's actually incredible like especially through yosemite around like tahoe the lake southern color you know um sorry northern california um and central california and stuff as well which is absolutely amazing um trail goes kind of close to Yosemite but you kind of can dip off and we, we caught a
0: ride right into Yosemite for a couple of days and, and checked it out and then jump the trail but yeah an incredible incredible place yeah now where I want to go to next I know there's lots of like superficial stuff and kind of deep stuff that we can talk about so maybe we'll we'll, we'll now let's start off a little bit more superficial really just to get into it so what did undertaking such a big journey teach you about preparation because i from the little snippets that you were putting up on instagram i saw you were like getting food dropped off at places you had to swap out your shoes multiple times along the way and so planning for a trip like that without having obviously had a bit of guide experience but you hadn't walked for five months straight before how did you even start to begin planning for the big trip
1: I'll, I'll, i'll preface this by saying i mean especially before cd i'm i'm a shit um i'm sure I'm for like, i am very much see what happens and then deal with the consequences of my actions but never take ownership for yeah, that's a future um, only problem yeah <laughs> I, I always think that's a future problem that happens and i guess when i was guiding i could see i kind of learned especially around weather and stuff how things can change and you can you always need to kind of have a backup plan so um but i was different. i did it with my mate hugo so it was definitely more on the prepared side. I was definitely more on, "Ah, oh, we'll see what happens," and that ends you in some pretty uncomfortable circumstances. I think if you if you follow my logic on that one, um and I and I paid for it. For example, you know, I didn't prepare enough food for a, for a leg of the trip, and we still had twenty six miles, I, I, I thirty something kilometers, yeah. uh, forty kilometers, um, one day, and the place we were going to was a small village, like a small town. Um, and the shop closed at two the cafe closed at two PM. So I had to get there before two PM and do forty kilometres. So I got up at five AM in the morning. My mate had bought a bit more food, so he was fine, but I didn't want to take his so I had one muesli bar left and I just got up, put my <laughs> my headphones <laughs> in and just <laughs> marched it to town and got there in time for a burger. Um so oh, yeah. and, and, and some food. Um and then I yeah, actually two burgers and fries and two drinks um (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of the that's kind of how it went um but yeah so you know i learned i learned along the way that you know it does pay to make sure you've got enough and it's definitely better to over yeah but i still have this thing in my brain i think where i love to get by on the beer minimum i mean just like yeah i'm I'm working on that as a word minimalist but it also taught me a lot around um, uh, making sure you've kind of got those bare essentials, I guess. So, water, warmth, food, shelter. Um, mm-hmm. And it's amazing how much when you don't have one of those. And. You need it. <laughs> <And how much laughs> um, it because of joy it brings when you get it. there were days where we had no water in the desert and I was panicking. I was full panic. We had five miles to walk until we knew there was water, but I was like I was already like Ugh. Um yeah. And then very fortunately um there was a guy doing what they call trail magic or just like he supported the trail, he wanted to set up something on the side and help out hikers coming through. Usually I do it coming through the start because there's more traffic and people coming through and he had he got there and it was just like this um uh gazebo set up with uh sausages um uh water coke beer um gatorade anything we wanted and i sat under there and I don't think I've ever been happier
0: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing eh? Hey? The, the human staples you yeah missing them
1: <laughs> yeah and the same goes for like there were times when we were just soaking wet and the idea of having to crawl into a wet tent at night but and like there's just absolutely no joy in the group whatsoever about a group of six at that stage it was near the end and we're just so over it and like we're gonna have to be put on wet clothes yeah be wet and a wet tent everything's just gonna be gross and then in the afternoon, for like two hours, the sun just came out, and we just like stopped, hung out, hung out everything we had to dry, and it all, yeah, uh, all dried up. And we were, yeah, again, just um, over the moon.
0: Mm, that's a, that's an interesting concept because it's actually something in a similar kind of angle that I've been thinking about. So we got quite sick after coming back from Budapest, and all I wanted was to be healthy again. Yeah, and I wondered like, how do you take that mindset of that? gratitude for health once you're healthy again and always apply it like do you find that that perspective of like oh man I just want to be able to dry my stuff out and only worrying about such a simple thing is that still a mindset or like are you still able to express that gratitude now you're like living a comfortable life in a
1: in the city I think like the goal the goalpost shifts shift a bit eh? like yep. yeah yeah I mean it's a good point like how do you continue just acknowledging there's some where I do, or like, even I found one of the things I'd listen to podcasts sometimes when I was walking in, they'd talk about food or they'd talk about being able to go get a flat wire. Yeah. And like they're talking about burgers, I'd just be like salivating. <laughs> I don't like burgers that much, right? But I was just like, that not being able, just the ease of going to, like and getting food from a cafe or yeah. anywhere or the supermarket. And I just thought, like, man, that is so nice. I can't wait to be able to do that again. Yeah. Um, Or when I go grab a coffee these days, I sometimes think, oh, man, you know, what I would have done to get coffee some mornings or like something like that. And like, it's not that I love coffee that much. It's just that like, yeah, being able to, being able to access, you
0: know, food and food during some. And it's almost like it gives you just a little bit of perspective sometimes, but like you say, I don't think it is a sustainable mindset to always be super grateful to have water and to have food. I feel like that's just not sustain. Like your brain isn't really wired that way, but I bet like having that ability to have, some perspective and stressful moments or or it must be yeah. handy sometimes
1: yeah i just look back at, i just look back in those tough like the toughest of the times on the trail and just try and um remind myself you know how stoked i was at those different points just to have what i easily have right now so yeah mm.
0: what what were some of the toughest times on the trail because I, I was listening to a podcast recently and they brought up the theme of just like pain And that made me, and I thought about our upcoming podcast. I was like, damn, I bet when Ollie was walking 4,270 kilometres, there's got to be some times when he felt pain, whether it was mental, physical, but like, to break it down or to make it simple, what were some of the toughest times that you experienced? Um, Probably
1: early on, the toughest was mental. And I don't know if this is a thing, but we're at altitude, so around like 4,000 metres three thousand four thousand meters in the sierra nevada and i've been at that height at different hikes and different times and i always struggle quite mentally with it i always get really like down um when hiking out altitude. i don't know if that's the actual thing but it seems to be a thing for me anyway um and so to push through in those times are really hard i was just really like really over it. Um it was the most beautiful place as well <laughs> on oh, the whole the <laughs> irony. Miserable <laughs> yeah, time. All everyone else is having it, having it like just loving it. And I'm just like this like yeah, I'm just not in a good place. But as soon as we got over that as soon as we got through that point I was fine again. Um so that was hard. And I don't I don't really know why that is. It could have been that was one of the most isolated parts as well, to so the whole um, fear of something going wrong or risk associated with that like it was we were um it was a really heavy snow season so it was everything was covered in snow and we're having to cover go over passes and put on crampons and it was all like pretty hectic and like high um high risk and high kind of um, high stress i guess in, in the group as well um and then other than that i just before the end of about maybe four thousand kilometers and i did i woke up in the morning and something had gone wrong with my knee at some point in the four, previous day and i thought oh, okay i can kind of walk on this it's fine and then as i continued to go worse and worse and some issue with my meniscus um and we ended up taking we ended up going to a town that night and staying there and in that afternoon i was just Really, really worried that I wouldn't be able to finish. Um, I was in quite a lot of pain. Um, and it was a very small town, and I was trying to find an knee brace somewhere. And we even looked into, I think, hiring a U haul like 200 US to use bus. drive to the <laughs> nearest town three hours away. I just so like knee brace. <laughs> from Walmart. That was like the only option, right? Like, if I did, yeah. if i wanted to finish it, uh, I needed to like start thinking that way. So, um I was just terrified of not being of could be like coming so far and not being able to not being able to complete it. Um fortunately someone in the town came that night and had a um had a knee brace and I used that but I was still in my I was I think I just took I like, on, I prepared and some Voltar sort of and gel and stuff for the rest of the rest of the rest of it and I managed to get through but it was yeah, really, really quite painful I eh? it was um, it especially
0: being what you would have been, like, at least four months in by that point, probably four and a half months in.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that night I went bed and I knew that, like, it needed to probably, you know, like, some things just get better overnight. And you yeah, know, sleep like, it off. You know, it's fine. I woke up multiple times at night and hopped out of bed just to test if it was if it not better yet. I was like, oh, maybe it's better now. <laughs> like, like,
0: wait, I need to be sleeping for the to get better overnight. Thing.
1: <laughs> and then in the morning someone's was like, how is it? I'm like, oh, it's so good. It's just, it's completely fixed. I'm like, I'm fine. And then like one kilometer into it. It's like, ugh. Um, but yeah, I guess um, I'd really give myself the option of, of, of pulling out. And I, I did, after that, it was pretty sore for quite a few months um, post- the pc too so. yeah
0: going going back to the um the altitude and more about the location and this the the isolation of like it that's not something that i actually really thought about about your journey but i bet there were multiple times that you were super isolated and when you're explaining that story it got me thinking did you have any kind of um like plb device or anything like that like if an emergency did happen what was the what was the
1: protocol i had a garmin device I'm on a plan like I can to my phone where i can kind of text my family every a couple of days um normally the stretches in throughout you're only three four five days max from a town it's an, ex- an exit point where you can kind of reach a road end and get a and get a lift out from there too um but in the sierra nevada that stretch i would need a job like on the john Muir trail that's really quite isolated. Um, we were there. I think we did a nine-day stint, um, and our packs are super heavy because you're carrying food for that whole time. Plus, you've got this big bear can um, to store your food in, so it doesn't you don't attract um, bears. Bears in the night, um, yeah. And so you yeah, know your pack heavy. Um, I don't know why we're not talking. No,
2: that makes sense.
1: <laughs> You're not. Yeah, completely There is like a bit of fear that comes into that, and like I've been in those sort of situation before, with previous work or I've been, um, where I've um, where i got that same sort of just struggle to, um, and, and like worry because we're so out of civilization. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, wondering... that too. Normally, it's the mornings I worry, the evenings I enjoy. I find. It's a, it's a
0: good... I, f- I feel like it would have been the opposite. You wake up feeling good, and then you go to bed and you feel more anxious. I feel that's probably a better way of doing it though, because it means you have a better sleep.
1: Yeah, you wake up, you're like, you like you camp something beautiful. You might have sleep, you're like this is the life. I want to do this. <laughs> you like, oh, this is. Good. You wake up in the morning just full of dread of what's coming for the next uh next while and obviously in the snow and the Sierra Nevada in that particular stretch it is um it was really, really hard going into yeah. um yeah, getting through getting um getting through those through those areas.
0: And what what did it teach you about managing fear and fear and anxiety? Those two themes seem to be coming up in terms of like I could imagine the distance that you had to go. If you thought about that, that would probably be quite anxiety-inducing. But also that fear of being so far away from people. Was there the strategies for coping with that? Like, what were the strategies that you used? And also, is that applicable to your, your current setting? You know, was that a transferable learning that you took from it as well?
1: Um, I'm quite probably naturally an anxious person. Um, so I don't really. No, I don't think I learned, I think I could have really maximised that opportunity to learn a bit more. But um, yeah. was it just I, always just keep going? Was it? Like, There's another option, right? I didn't give myself yeah. another option. I knew yeah. it'd be like a bit of shit. Um, I if days were harder in the morning, me and my mate to start off the day would have our tents kind of next to each other and watch they had um on we didn't have any um not really really was for cell phone reception where they didn't have sim cards because we didn't really want to be connected like then not really want to stay in touch um then we made our garment that up in the are handed for us so we downloaded episodes of the office um we to, <laughs> and we figured out that we'd both do better each morning if we watched And next we didn't talk to each other in the morning we woke up opened each of like our TV device I open them up. Someone was in charge of coffee uh, and the little camp stove, mm-hmm. made a cup of coffee, put on an episode of the office. By the time that was finished, the day was a bit more You're, like, probably you're probably like, like up here. You're like, yeah, you're yeah. Ready to go. Okay, I can actually face the day enough. It'll probably be like 16 um, still. I and mean, then you just get to the start hiking for the day. Um, I think he just, I think, I think it probably did teach me a little bit about like just pointless worries. Like just, you know, what what am I achieving by thinking about this? I think the kind of the cruel thing is is that when you're doing a highlight, you've got so much time to think. So one of the things I did was distract myself with podcasts or I'll play
0: games. Yeah, I could imagine with the amount of repetition that you're doing the same thing over and over, you would have crafted such a routine and like gotten to know like what sets you up for a better day or what helps you yeah through that day
1: yeah and i was pretty moody, i think like 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 it'd be like you know if you're having a bad day you could really have a bad (laughs) you could really have a bad day out there it's really going away if you if you if you had that mindset so yeah it was just about. Trying to stay and just realizing that like you've experience all those kind of like those feelings or emotions that in a day like it was just how it go and then like keep going but i was really determined now they look looked at i was like quitting was never really given an option it was never i i would have if anything probably gone faster um through it um pushed myself more I'd, but that probably would have resulted in injury so i was quite glad um yeah i, I never really gave myself the option
0: of like putting wouldn what what do you think it was about you because I feel like if people are listening and they hear that you're this dude who walked four thousand plus ks at least this is how I would listen to this. You're so different to me that like that's something that I probably you know wouldn't ever intend on doing, and how do you see yourself like do you see yourself as? You know, is there something different about you that allowed you to do this and not give up? Or do you just see yourself as like an everyday person who happened to do this thing, you know?
1: What was it about you that allowed you to do it? Um, no, I'm just a hero. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a
0: machine. So you know David Goggins, mm-hmm. right? Um...
1: <laughs> um, no, I think I'm quite determined. Mm. Uh, I'm probably quite... If i yeah if i said I'd do something i will do it i i i don't really like to back up of things i think also you've got to remember i'm surrounded like unless i'm surrounded by a bunch of other people who are also going to complete it like it's not it's not a it's not a question you know you strike yourself by good people who are all like-minded and all have that same determination and then you don't have to really
0: yeah do, do you think it's because that you obviously had a lot of buy-in for the goal too like financially and like commitment wise but also is it because it was such a meaningful thing and such a tangible thing for you to achieve what what i'm comparing it to is maybe when people are like "Ah, i want to meditate every day and then they like meditate for three days and then stop doing it whereas like obviously you're geographically committed to doing this thing
1: too but you just like did it well i had well i had posted on instagram so if I was going to hold them, <laughs> um, I could have not done it now. Or I'd have to do a big Photoshop job. <laughs> yeah, get yeah. yeah. Of yeah. Um, no, like, yeah, I think, um, I think yeah, the tangibility, like, that, that for me, that's kind of important. If I want to, like, um, I, I want to you know, be able to.
0: Mm. Does it? Do you think it's also <laughs> related to, because what, what, another thing I've been learning about lately is how we sort of build our own identity stories and we tell ourselves these things about ourselves. Like say, I'm a person who goes to the gym. So now all of a sudden I feel more obliged to maintain that kind of piece of my identity. So what I'm thinking here is, do you think a piece of your identity is like you're someone who fulfills things that you set out for yourself.
1: Yeah. It's like therapy, but yeah, I'd say <laughs> <I'm>,
0: <laughs> like, like I
1: that that is something that like, I, I, if I'm invested, if I'm invested, you know, if I'm, and I'm all in, you know, yeah. like, that, that's just kind of probably if I'm not all in, then I'm probably out. Like, so it's <laughs> like one or the other. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, and I know it's achievable, right? Like I, I know other many other people have done it before. Um, I have seen people do it. I know that like it's not like I'm the first person to do this. Thousands have done it, and if they can do it, then like yeah, I can do it. So mm. yeah, I was yeah. encouraged by that, I guess.
0: Yeah, I feel that, it's, and that's quite um humble of you to say too because it's still you know such a massive massive achievement compared to the people who haven't done it but i see what you're saying it's almost like not seeing yourself as like different to other people it's like well if if that person has done the thing i'm a person so therefore i can do the thing
1: and like what makes them able
0: to do it that i i can't um and like yeah yeah and do do you think like maybe it's not self-evident or obvious but reflecting on having achieved such a big thing that really added a big check mark to that whole identity thing of you're someone who's able to achieve things that you set your mind
1: to yeah i think that's what i probably needed in that time is that i remember i think it was like early 20s and i was like you know i've worked for four or five years overseas in new zealand um and i I've done some really cool stuff, and then I was kind of going to go into this more like
2: floaty career of
1: guiding and traveling. Uh, I just wanted something fixed that mm-hmm. could give me, um, that, I could, that I could focus on and that could give me a
0: bit of purpose for a while. Yeah, and you gain more purpose from that than sipping Aperol's and Santorini or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's arguable. I mean, but. time and place, but <laughs> Eperos are pretty good. You can't do that six months, can you? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, we're kind of already sort of touching on it, but from my um, very small experience of tramping in comparison to yours, I know that like it sounds like you occupy a lot of your time with podcasts and stuff, but I bet you there was time where you weren't listening to anything or you weren't watching anything. Yeah, in, Most of the time. yeah, and yeah, in, in those times, like where did your mind go? Like, did you have any kind of self-realizations or like any sort of big reflections on yourself, you know? Did you, did you teach yourself anything in that time?
1: Probably, <laughs> to go back to your former point, I probably realized I needed to be a bit more prepared. Um, <laughs> in myself, in <and> some <laughs> and hungry um, or something. <laughs> do have any real I just write a note. I'm just gonna see what it's because it's right yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I just uh, know, like I oh, know
1: I've already said those points. Um, <laughs> I realised
2: oh, Ah, no, look, I do not have any realisations. Like I realised oh you I think It's also okay if you didn't, nah, you didn't have to No No, I like I
1: definitely did I'm just like I probably just kind of grew up. I mean, friends and family may say differently, but I probably grew up <laughs> um, in that time. Like, was able to be more confident and independent and kind of realise that I could get by um, and that there is far too much you worry about. But again, like we said before, with my shifting in goalposts, um, I worry about and that um, I probably backed myself more I finished that, and knew my, I uh, knew how
2: I, uh, yeah, kind
1: of back my, yeah, back myself, like
0: yeah, yeah, but, and I, I feel like the realizations that you've had it's hard to make it tangible right it's probably more of a feeling more than anything like you, you felt as if you grew up more you felt as if you had the ability to back yourself more it's not necessarily like you had really concrete realizations that like you could sum it up into five words it's more of like a change
1: in feeling yeah and i guess I was quite like i was 24 right in the mm-hmm. years i, I say you're mid-20s i kind of not but i'm I still like to play my mid 20s but um <laughs> I feel like those are quite formative and, and Yeah, you get your frontal lobe that starts working and you get yeah, games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, so I, I was right on the cusp of that, so that was exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I I think it all played. I think it was I think it all played into a really perfect time of like what next and how and what do I want to do next? And I knew that I wanted to go back into work. I didn't want to be a hiking guide forever. Uh, I knew that people were really important to me. And to focus on who you love and whether you you know, reciprocate energy and all that sort of stuff. Those, those are the things I thought about, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do I, how do I kind of a little more healthy life in terms of all those
0: all those factors yeah it seems like when it's stripped back to the bare necessities you start to like the things that are most important to you probably stood out the most in your mind yeah yeah and yeah yeah and what what you're saying about doing it at that age that pivotal age that was kind of a vibe that i got to where like you were sort of lost like you're in your early to mid 20s and like I feel like you chose the perfect thing for you at that time which was to pursue a very tangible and meaningful goal whereas like it would be a very easy time to like just get like a really like easy job and to just kind of like chill out and like muck around for a few years instead of showing yourself what you can do if you set your mind to something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm someone who, yeah, yeah. I think I, as I said before, I get yeah, like I like, I can't sit still for too long. So I like to do, I'm lazy, but I can't sit still. Doing and <laughs> like, it's good. Yeah, it's catch 22. I have to like, um, we'll yeah, and I've always kind of been that way. I think we've got to have something new on, I've got to try um, do new, new things but um yeah it's
0: yeah of- when you uh, thought that you shouldn't have said what you said in terms of the beer can i, I want to pull it all the way back there because um it's obvious in a beer can as in the food that you stored your that the can that you stored your food in not, the, not a can of beer. Well, that's um, a confusing thing, isn't it? Beer can of Yeah. We yep. actually, real quick, we've got a funny story that relates to that. Back to Yosemite, we um pulled into our accommodation that was this, at this place called Bass Lake. Okay. Real, like, picturesque, like, wooden cabins and shit. And we, like, went into the reception area, and um we were just chatting to her, checking in, and we asked, like, oh, do you have any beers here? Like, meaning, like, beers, you know? Like, because we're like, oh, is it okay to be outside? And she's like oh yeah we got a bar like right next door <laughs> and we were like oh no we were like no like oh ah, beers, beers. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> so, and she's like oh no 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 we don't oh but there was a couple of cubs by the trash can yesterday we're like uh okay so you do <laughs> yeah yeah it's
1: funny how Alex is not say that no not at all it's <laughs> that that
0: concept of having to store your food in a beer can is very foreign to um probably all New Zealanders and a lot of people around the world so can you uh speak to the the threat of bears and wildlife a little bit more and sort of how how did that work in practice so
1: uh we okay, so some bears right you know in certain places that there's a more high chance of of bears being active and so you... In those places, they make a beer can, you actually have to carry one. At your home.
0: What what kind of beers are, are, are around? Black beers, yeah,
1: black beers, yeah. yeah. Um, and they carry, you know, so we carry these huge plastic tubs, essentially that we load up with food, um, and they're quite heavy and they're quite awkward to carry in the, back, in the pack. Um, and so, yeah, but in terms of the so. Yeah, I could see this Oh, I saw our first one, and yeah, in, um, in the Sierra uh, Nevada, um, and saw it sort of from a distance, it was fine. But, like you just, you just kind of learn that you got to or make them aware that the you're coming, so that you don't start with them because if you the startle them, that's when they're gonna um, get a fright and react. Um, that was fine, and then with these bear cans, you set them like hundred meters away from your um, tent, so they don't come to your tent. If they're interested, then in they'll go and play with it over there yeah makes sense thing, but, um, <laughs> uh, and one night it was uh, we didn't have him anymore um, we were camping luckily like we ran a group of people and uh, we went to sleep at probably like 9 woke up to this like heavy breathing outside my tent. <laughs> I, the, I only had the mesh over top so it didn't actually like, um, fly on yeah. and I was like I, I, I yelled across to Hugo in his tent and was like uh, he goes, I think there's a beer. I think there's a bear. I don't know what to do. And So, uh, I'm like, not going. um, I was like, what? Uh, like, you just flustered. You don't really know, like, yeah. Like, well, <laughs> there's a
0: beer outside your tent. You uh, naturally you're,
1: flustered. Like, start to, like the oh, oh, and just hearing heavy footed so like go around, you know, go around the um tent, and you're still like clapping and like your hands start in your hands or anything you can find, and you realise you've got, of course, that you've got food in the tent. So like, shit. But um. Anyway, he kind of went away, I was like, oh, all right, and then I, like, look up, and then, like, a few, like, minutes later, I look up, and I shine my torch up, and he's, like, probably, like, four meters away, <laughs> like, it was, like, like, he'd just been caught like, by me, frozen, like, like, he's like, 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 to like, come back here, um, and so, he, um, yeah, so, uh, did, did you get any sleep that night or were you just yeah, I am fine actually <laughs> like, Kind of like the idea of, The idea of that fear is far worse Than the reality right so uh, I once I, Someone got out of their tent, not one of us but like One of the other guys got out of their like Like scared the bear away of it. So that was fine um, There were snakes um, <laughs> Way too many snakes Like I Stood on a baby rattlesnake at one point um, no, no, that was a rail Sorry, I saw them Like, snake at one point, there were rail snakes everywhere. Um, that hide in the grass, particularly as, like, will go onto the pavement as the sun is going down just to get the last more for the day. If you're not careful, you can easily, like, quite like, kind of large so you can easily step in one.
0: Is it um, something that you would get complacent about? Like, I, I feel like maybe for the first few days, all I would be thinking about is, like, <laughs> all, all the stuff yeah. that could kill me, you know? Yeah. But then, like, eventually, like, uh, oh, well, you know, is that something that did you find yourself getting complacent with that kind of stuff? Definitely.
1: I, um, yeah, definitely. I, first few days, I was, like, on edge the whole time. I like, I was going to sleep on this night. It wasn't really one until like this massive one at lunch once um and I didn't kind of know what they like yeah it was probably my first proper experience with a snake in a while but I didn't really know what they up to and how they how they behave typically um but yeah no, I was always quite mindful especially in like warmer places about snakes I always kind of like make sure I was um where to my like long grass in the soil of like year one or it would have this um like app on a phone that had a like, GPS map that had the different of points where there was water or like locations of interest or where you could camp and stuff like that and one of them was just like like this creek that came down and it's like a well-known rattlesnake being there so I just like as soon as I get close to that I just bolt off <laughs> <laughs> don't get anywhere near that um <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, you do get you do get more places as time goes on, and like I'm surprised there's no more. Kind of things and
0: things. Yeah, and was I right in saying that you
1: were being stalked by a mountain lion? Um, depending on how many drinks I had, I might have played up that story. There was 10 mountain lions. I'll tell you the, the true for now. Uh, so yeah. in the beginning of the early days, or maybe a couple of. Maybe a month or so into it. And we were hiking um, at night because it was pretty hot during the day, so it was quite a bit of a hike at night. And um, it's probably like 11 pm, and I had gone ahead of my mate Hugo by a couple of hundred meters. um, And behind me, he torches on, and then all of a sudden I just hear this like scream from him. And I grab my walking bowls, drop my pack, run back. And he's like, don't move, don't move. And then, like, looks like he's like, there's a mountain lion up there. And, like, he'd seen his eyes and, and the reflection of the light. And, um, eventually slowly comes towards me. And then we kind of, like, get out there fucking quickly. Like, we, but, uh... we, we do, like, a mile and, like, <laughs> Um four miles an hour, probably like yeah, i like, that figure that part out. Um <laughs> <laughs> but we um yeah, did the like layers like, flying down like walk slowly at first to make sure they weren't like, like yeah. I wasn't following following um anyone's real confident I was at the back of my light just looking around every five minutes. Fortunately we came across this group of like fathers and their sons away for um, there must be a road end or a campsite, a campsite um, near Yeah, so a group of fathers and their children and they um had um, they they like we walked over they are you guys are kinda like oh we've like just like been can still the line um, Oh, come in, like, get us. <laughs> like, oh, nice. Like, we've got guns. Like, we <laughs> um, gave us, like, um, and then, like, just Kevin in here, we'll, you know, so we we're all here, they won't come in here. So, we're like, ah, And we're like, nah, we like frantic, a little scared, with his like, yeah. Our hands running. running like, what? You um,
0: don't have a shotgun on your pack? <laughs> yeah, I know, it's
1: so sort of kind of painful in that moment for, like, the, the, um,
0: I, I feel like that's even scarier than what I remember the story being. I don't remember it being like at nighttime. And I also uh, don't remember you guys being like separated and you having to run back to your friend who just like shrieked in
1: the, in the darkness. Yeah. He's like a brave guy. He was terrified. I think mean, the next day we walked, we, we took a day off. We got to like a town and then we just like relaxed in the town for the, for the night. Um, yeah, pretty terrifying. Um, but part of the experience. Um and then like I we felt like actually other people had been had been the mountain lion spotted in that area by a lot of people at that time. So it must have been fairly used to people, which is
0: yeah, pretty tame then, had no reason to be scared then.
1: Yeah,
0: because it was hungry. <laughs> It'll be fine. And we're we kind of mentioning your mate Hugo here. And one one thing um I'd be interested to hear more about is what did this uh, big walk teach you about friendships and and people because it's a long time to be with someone and then also like it's a long time to you know get to know someone and learn more about friendships so what what did it teach you i think we
1: both balance each other out really well the that i was one i said before i could probably push it a bit more and he was there to enjoy it yeah.
2: I was here to enjoy it of course, yeah. But,
1: yeah. Like, <laughs> because, I enjoy it by getting it done. <laughs> yeah, you know, enjoy it by you know taking, <laughs> taking off miles and miles each day. Um It taught me a lot around like compromise in around the greater light, like, you know. I could I could I could go my we So we didn't we actually stayed together the entire time, which we weren't sure we would do. We walked we camp and the campground next um near the same time. Um, but I wasn't sure I would, um, oh sorry. I like, we obviously both thought about times where I could have gone off and he could have gone off or whatever like that. And I think we both just realized that we, like the benefits of doing it together, of being safe, of enjoying company, of having someone to share it with was so much nicer than doing that. So we're yeah. like, compromised. Yeah. Of course there was like arguments and things that happened along the way. Um. Uh, if you're hungry you're gonna you're gonna bicker, you know. Um but yeah, it was it was really it was really lovely, um, to
2: share that with a mate and to and yeah, and to just to and,
1: and to yeah, yeah, learn I guess around like that's yeah, a copper
0: sound. Yeah, that, that would be um a bit of a learning. I don't know about you, like I haven't really you know had any tough conversations with my mates or really argued with them or anything. So was that something that was like new to you as well? you like having to have some hard conversations when you're both tired and hungry and you might not agree on something.
2: I think we
1: we're both pretty good at setting expectations mm-hmm. before we got into a bad spot about what the day looked like. And like, of course there were arguments, but I could count them probably on one hand. Like yeah, it wasn't, to yeah it wasn't it wasn't um the things like uh, what time do we get up in the morning or like someone <laughs> someone he was not a morning person far less than i and so and i would be quite set on like i don't want to be up i don't want to be awake either but like we're going to do this because we want to get to this town and we want to enjoy you know we want to get you on time and we want to do this so like there were times that i would leave earlier and stuff like that but those were usually where the arguments would stem from um we're around issues like that we both um very much bonded over a lot of food and beer in towns mm. and would like get to a town get a cheap hotel room go to the supermarket buy packs of beer um could that was simming bombs and then just go back
2: to the yep. hotel and watch TV until we're
0: both passed out and have it be like even after like walking <laughs> and being, and being it's, it's disgusting yeah and I, I fully agree I, I, I often like having done some travelling now I often think about people who embark on these big solo travelling missions and I just I just don't know if I could do it I yeah. completely agree with the Mutual enjoyment of an experience makes it better, like being there with someone and like you're both being able to like look at the thing or discuss the thing that happened or whatever's going on. I feel like it kind of like makes you enjoy the experience
1: more, yeah, I loved it, and I think like, there were times we were both like I wanted to get more out of it by like being forced to find other like find groups of people and make friends, and we 't we formed a group of such at the end, and so it wasn't just him um yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've, I've solo traveled before and it's just like it's fun and you kind of pushed in some way. Well, I comfort zone, but it's really nice to have someone to rely on and enjoy. It depends on your goals of doing it, right? Like yeah. If you're, to, if you're to kind of prove yourself and do something alone, then great. Go do it alone. But that wasn't really what I was. I was Not the vibes. To, I didn't care who it was. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> want to get you, it done. Yeah. <laughs> And do, do you think those kind of... um Can I just pause you for a minute? I just think my
1: laptop
0: is not charging. Yeah, you know. Oh, shit. Amen. Yeah, we don't want it to go flat. <coughs> I've had that happen before in an episode, not go flat, but had got the alert. Pilot, you know, when it's like, your battery is running low. Oh, shit. <laughs> Put a cap on. Uh, anyway, in terms of the, the friendships, um, did you find that going through something like that with a mate helped you be a better friend to other people too like did it teach you some skills about friendship that you can apply to other friendships when
1: when you finish the walk yeah probably just that whole thing around like what I think is right doesn't mean it's necessarily right Optimize. yeah you may be a better
0: person and that's like stripping away the ego from the situation
1: yeah or like I'd get fixated on something the picture something being a certain way and to be able to that not be the case in reality like yeah so yeah absolutely absolutely that's probably yeah. like I earlier, like self-realizations that would probably be one
0: of the major ones yeah well one of the, the last topics i'm keen to delve into with you is the idea of stamina so doing this thing for five months takes a lot of stamina and i see that being sort of two parts mental and physical because you're mentally you don't want to give up you have to be in it for the long run and physically you have to also be in it for the long run so what was the the theme of stamina how did that kind of tie into your journey
2: i well i don't know
1: how this relates but when i pitched the pct I and mean, when i planned for it and bought the gear went to you know spent thousands of gear and research on the best lightweight
2: right? yeah
1: i hadn't really planned past the point of reaching the southern terminus and being like and like okay time to go i remember walking and being like okay shit, now it's real like now, now i can do this thing this is me for the next five months walking here um and not my, my pack is quite heavy like my pack is way too heavy this is not sustainable um, and that's when I probably questioned my stamina a lot. <laughs> I was like, oh, how am I, I going to get through this? So I, um, I think
2: mentally wise, mentally wise, like,
1: I could push myself so much further than I, I thought I could. It was like, it was one day we wanted to reach a lodge, the Timberland Lodge of Mount Hood in Oregon. And to get there for the breakfast that morning, which was like a buffet breakfast, we had to do about 80 kilometres the night before.
0: Oof. Overnight, 80 k's overnight. Uh, we started at
1: like 10am in the morning, and then we right. got up, um, and then we started walking. So it's like... Um, Sorry, that makes sense. We started at nine AM. Started we did twenty miles by like two PM. Oh mm-hmm. no, been like four PM and then um, had lunch and then we both we're both like are we gonna do this? Like is this is this is gonna be us. Um, and we like like yeah we should do it. And so we just did it, like, yeah, it was tough people who were grumpy and like the last few of like, it like is uphill like it's not just like eighty K it's like a like it's hugely early Got there at two AM in the morning, breakfast starts at six AM, slept under a ski lift. Um bears <laughs> in the middle of like a parking lot thing and and um and then made the breakfast in the morning. So you just push yourself and you just gotta keep going, there's always, like, a, a, a goal or something to achieve along the way, like, you think of it as a big goal, but when you go by day by day, and I think it became, actually, in this kind of context, what i said before, but it became far less about completing it. I did feel like at the end, like, although the meeting sucked, if I didn't do it, if I didn't complete it, like, that wasn't really, that's very cliche, but, like, it really didn't become
2: about that at the end, like, yeah
0: yeah what what was it like actually finishing it because there's this whole idea <laughs> or like a theory of like you know you work towards this event and then you get like post-comp blues You know, yeah. where you've worked so hard for the thing and then a the thing actually comes to fruition and finishes what was it like actually stepping across that line and no longer having that goal day to day
2: i was
1: ready for it to be over. The last night was negative fourteen degrees. <laughs> it was heavy on snow. I had a bottle of champagne tucked in my sleeping bag. could the night. I froze. I had five pairs of socks on. I was miserable. Didn't sleep at all. It was just so cold. Wrapped myself in my sleeping bag. and then run out of oxygen in my sleeping bag. So I wake up and I'm like, like trying to like get there. So um, <laughs> that day, that day was sad yeah. uh, we, we got up we only we had a really short day compared to other days we knew we were finishing on about 16 miles that day um and so we took it in the and we stopped at all these places and I would regularly like have snack breaks and stuff and then like I just turned up to my snack break and then like just like reversed burst into tears because I was like mm. just turned to me, I, was, like, oh, I love
2: snap breaks <laughs> <laughs> like
1: pretty tired I was pretty over it um
2: So I, um,
1: yeah, I, I I was ready for it to be done when we reached, you could see on the map it was becoming closer and closer to the end and it just, it didn't really, it felt like an end of a day, but it didn't really feel like the end of the whole thing. Yeah, weird. Um, I haven't really thought about it too much. I think it was
2: quite, as I said, I was really, I was really really
1: finish it but i think other guys found it i was going to get this sick to be there. Yeah, and i think they found and i think a few others had it really really hard and emotional yeah. i was uh, lucky that i was going, there, I was going to do something with
0: my mate yeah. true I, I could just imagine you're like all of a sudden confronted with reality <laughs> like you're in this bubble for like five months where it's just about hiking the pct and then all of a sudden it's like Oh shit, we're back into the normal world again. We have to face
1: this this reality. And like, you can get away. Like, we were stinky. We looked awful. Like, you can't really get away with that in the real world. So it was kind of cool in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. It was sad. Like, I think we all got a hotel room that night and then went to Vancouver. All of us, pretty much all of us went to Vancouver the next day and out there for a bit. Um, And had another night there. But yeah, it did, it felt very. No, no mood. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't like, it wasn't this big stuff. So, like,
2: really I mean, yeah.
1: It was, but then like,
2: it was quite sad. And then actually, I got
1: on the plane to go back to San Diego to visit some friends. Um, And I just looked at my wallet and I had like, Supermarkets became so meaningful because <laughs> really <they> represented <laughs> food and hope. <laughs> yeah. I like um, I hadn't really expressed like too much bullying. Emotion at that point, I got um, my supermarket. my like, supermarket card, my like pub, pub card or whatever it was, and I just started crying on the plane. Oh man, I was, like really upset that I wouldn't be able to go in with that same level of hunger and for like a yeah, like a um supermarket over there again. And, yeah, yeah, it was, it was. And I think, like, the next few months after that were quite strange because
2: we'd kind of become known for something new. At... Yeah,
1: we'd become known, like, those guys who did that. And, of course, yeah. we and still work, like, um, in the hiking. It's
0: like a big piece of your identity.
1: Area, and, like, people would ask all these questions about it. And it would be kind of hard to explain. But, again, like, it all really sounds a little bit dramatic. Obviously, I can choose be able to be in a position to do that, and to and into um, complete it. And even when we it's like lockdown and COVID and everything like that, so,
0: the exact opposite of what you were just doing. Yeah, so
1: I was like, I think I didn't actually mind that. <laughs> I mean, selfish. yeah, I know that it was horrible for so many people. That I, yeah, just being able to be kind of still and be forced to be kind of still was kind of nice for a while.
0: Yeah, I could imagine the element of finding it difficult to relate to people once you come back. I don't know if I want to say confronting, but I could imagine it would be quite strange. So like Even like for the slightest example of us living in the UK now, and if you go yeah. home and you talk to people who haven't lived in the UK, it's probably a bit weird because you say like, oh, we went to Paris in the weekend, and like shit like that. It's just not very relatable. And so having done something like that, I could imagine that it would be kind of like a strange sort of disconnect once you got back.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was hard to kind of articulate those real pits and troughs. I guess. Of it. Yeah. It was hard to kind of explain
2: what a day felt like things you did, but not really how they affected. Or
0: physical, beauty. yeah, especially over such a long time scale as well. Like, you go on a th- three day hike, it's so easy to come back and like describe it, but how do you, yeah, easily sum up dedicating
1: five months of your life to something? And you get such a sense of achievement from every day you're hiking, and you know, I just wasn't getting that when I went back. I just felt like guided like nine miles today. That was what we'd do before breakfast, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 like. The whole thing shifts,
0: and you're
1: like, oh, "I'm just not really getting that sense of playing. I've done oh, yeah. something
0: worthwhile today, even though a little was That line. Yeah. But that—that's that whole idea of we—we we experience positive emotion by seeing ourselves work towards a meaningful goal. So something as tangible as that, I have to do four thousand ks, and now I've done twenty miles towards that goal. Sweet, like that's awesome. That's a really good day. I could imagine that you'd be experiencing positive emotion quite often because you're seeing yourself work towards that goal.
1: Yeah, and you're rewarding yourself for it as you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did find it. I did find it hard um, for quite, yeah, for quite a
2: while coming
1: back, but. Um, yeah, I just want
0: that really with it now. yeah, and I suppose that that's the sacrifice for doing something mm-hmm. so immense right, like you're having such a massive goal and achieving it, like it shows you how important it was to you at the time uh, you know, that ne- negative emotion of coming back and feeling down like that shows you how important it was to you, yeah, exactly yeah yeah, it's something about me. Do- nice. <laughs> yeah. to finish off I've got one more question yeah. just for people who are listening maybe they don't want to do the PCT but they want to undertake something that's a massive goal that perhaps they think they can't achieve what, what would be your advice?
1: be prepared
2: no um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what would I
1: say take it step by step look at it don't look at it as a whole picture, I know that's very cliche, but like look at it as how you actually do it day by day, what it takes to do those steps day by day. For me, it was being, uh, if I knew that I could be warm dry get sheltered every day, then I was going to be fine, right? Yeah. So break it down to actually all the, all the essential parts of that. Um, and don't be overwhelmed by the size of it.
0: Yeah, that's great advice that's fantastic advice i rate that man yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you're a life coach you could start doing like keynote speeches and stuff yeah yeah yeah. I, i agree with that man and i i feel like that is a good place for us to to call it as i said at the start man i really appreciate you coming on today I've, i was honestly personally looking forward to this one eh? because i haven't had a proper chat to you about this so i was genuinely looking forward to it and i was intrigued the whole time man so thank you so much
1: thank you for having me on it's been it's really nice and it's been nice to kind of jog the memory of those those times because i mean it's four years ago nearly since we finished it so yeah when we go back into the stories it's quite nice and you look back on that with such you know, pride and and
0: and grandeur, so yeah <laughs> no worries man and at the end of episodes i know you're not really the influencer type but if people want to uh see maybe any photos or any stories of of your journey where, where would be the best place for them to find that
1: uh on my instagram all of them uh but i think i still have a video there has the whole oh cool all time near my, in my bio used to do it when I was unhedged so people would um uh. yeah Yeah, I'm the adventurer (laughs) and what (laughs) I'm I'm still here so um yeah happy south sweet cheers
2: (laughs) man (laughs) (laughs) thanks